0: welcome to the x29 podcast i'm your host jeff metters x29 is blessed with so many incredible women who are faithful leaders in their local churches X29, you know, we recognize and value their partnership and mission, and we're committed to helping equip women for ministry. And one way we're doing that is through our new Women's Leadership Cohort. This cohort recently gathered in Las Vegas for the first time, and there was uh, Kyle Nelson and Amy Hobson, who are co-leaders of this cohort. They joined me on the x 29 podcast today to tell us a little bit about this new initiative for women. For women, Kyle is the Director of Women's Formation at Park Church there in Denver, Colorado, and Amy is the Women's Minister at Redeemer Fellowship in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, ladies, sisters, welcome to the x 29 podcast.
1: Thank you. Good morning. It's great to be here
0: good morning. So good. So good to have you. Well, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your backgrounds and your ministries and your local churches?
1: Great. Well, I'll go first. My name is Amy Hobson, and my background is actually in marriage and family therapy. And so I came to our church with a lot of ministry experience to families um, in settings where um, we were working with troubled teenagers and families in crisis. I also have a lot of experience in discipleship ministries. And so I was a director of a discipleship program for college graduates where we equipped and developed um, young men and women. For ministry and for life. Um, and so I came to Redeemer with that experience as my background. Um, my role here has actually gotten, I started out as a women's minister doing typical women's minister things. And then now yeah. my role has narrowed. And now my main initiative where I spend most of my focus is our women's um, spiritual leadership cohort. And so I get to develop our leaders as whole people. When you think about yeah loving the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. My specific role right now is really developing women in all four of those areas, which includes emotional health and all all kinds of stuff. So that has been a joy for me. Um, I'm also married 16 years and I have a daughter and three sons, two sixth graders and two fourth
0: graders. So lots of fun. fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah, and I'm Kyle Nelson. I um, am, live in Denver, Colorado, like you mentioned, and I came to Park. Um, my background was I had spent several years working in campus ministry, working for CREW, and um, then I did a little bit of a stint in the financial world working in retirement planning um, for a broker, and um, then the Lord just brought me back into um, yeah vocational ministry. And um, while my title is working with women's formation, that is a huge piece of my role. I do a, also a lot broadly for our adult discipleship. I work on our community and formation team. We joked; I think it's time to change my title because I work with our <laughs> singles um, ministry. I work with our um, yeah community groups, like I mentioned, as well as um, yeah a variety, a wide variety of adult yeah. discipleship. And um yeah, my husband and I have been married seven years, Joel, and we've got two little ones, um, two boys, a two year old and a three and a half month old. Uh, so like fresh off maternity.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh good. And right here on the X Podcast too. Yes. Well, we know that women are vital participants in our church's missions. Um, to make disciples and to lift Jesus high. They are, and you guys are, critical members of church planning core teams. And uh, so I would love to hear, and I know our listeners would love to hear, some of the good ways churches are equipping women for mission and also some ways that we can improve as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the as far as good ways, I know one of the things that our church has been doing really well that I love, and I think one of the questions I'd invite pastors to think about is, um, asking the question, how am I discipling men in our church? Um, How am I fostering their gifts? How am I providing opportunities for them to grow and um, use their God-given abilities um, to thrive? And we've been trying to ask that question and say, and then are we doing the same for women? Or are we asking that question? and? assuming that other people will answer that question as far as like um maybe someone who's over women's ministry but we believe that that's actually the role of the elders to invest in the women as well and so even one of the ways our church is doing that really simply and practically is we have a sermon or sunday prep team meeting where we sit down with the text for the next two weeks and our church um yeah has invites staff women and um, staff men as well as elders to just sit down and work through the text together. And then um, that's for two weeks out. And then the next week for the person who's preaching, we look at their outline and their examples and we give feedback. And not only is that an opportunity to create space for the women's, the female voice, but we also believe it's really a sweet opportunity to develop women as are mm-hmm. theologically equipping, sharpening their skills and their exposition of scripture. And so, um, I think that's just one simple practical way. Um, yeah, Amy, I don't know if you have others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, to be really honest, a lot of my equipping actually came from the parachurch ministry. And so I have a heart to, um, empower our churches to do more of the equipping that I actually received outside of the church. Um, and especially like as we're thinking of Acts 29 churches and church planning churches a big question that we have the opportunity to ask early on is how do we create a culture where men and women collaborate together and one of my favorite things that I've gotten to do is um, lead a seminar of um, residents who are church planners and talk about just that. What does it look like to start your church um, in a way where men and women collaborate together and so um, that has been really fun for me because I think a lot of that reality starts with the pastor. It starts with his own awareness of his own biases and his beliefs about what um, women contribute to the church. And, you know, sadly, a lot of men haven't really asked themselves that question, or maybe not a lot, but some men. um, And that's a question that they need to have other people help them answer. And so that seminar was really fun for me to get to talk with them and share my heart, to get to collaborate with them, to hear their um, insights and to have their questions. And so a lot of the ways that I think that we equip women in the church is to study the Bible. And that is beautiful and amazing and vital. However, there's more to equipping than knowing how to study the word. And so I think that, um, a lot of the equipping we do comes through community and helping people build community and having iron sharpening iron relationships and having, um, I know for me being in community has grown my hunger for the Lord as I see other people pursuing him. And yet, as women and as women leaders in the church, we often need equipping that goes beyond those things, even practical equipping, like um, how do I organize myself? What are some systems and ways that I can manage a staff? Those are simple things. How do I set priorities? What do I do um, to, to really value the non-urgent but important things? Over In, in ministry, there are always urgent things. But if you do ministry well, you have to also know how to prioritize. And so those are simple equipping things that would serve any woman, um, but that we don't necessarily get that from our small groups, even though small groups provide a lot of great things or Bible studies provide a lot of great things. So I think as we're considering equipping ministry, women for ministry or women for mission, like Kyle said, we're asking the same questions that we're asking. How do we equip men? Um, and I think even starting with a really clear idea of how we're equipping men and women um, is, there, is the, it's, that's the starting place.
0: Yeah yeah that's so good you know i I think about my time in the in the local church and serving in a variety of ministries, and it seems like you know there's some churches and pockets where men get to study mm-hmm. you know uh systematic theology and they're going through right. a different book of the Bible or whatever, and then the women's ministry is again doing. Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. Titus 2, right. maybe Ruth, right. maybe they're getting wild and studying Ruth, but there are 7,000 other chapters in, in mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of other, other topics, as you're saying, Amy, in experiences and coaching, right. um, in hands-on learning, like all, all these kinds of things we need. And mm-hmm. because men and women, we're both made in God's image, right. we, we need to be taught some of these same things, but also maybe you could help us see, you could help me and and other men see that there are unique challenges and specific challenges that women face in church leadership as Mm -hmm. well. And so what are some of the common myths um, about women in church leadership that you could help us with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are a few (laughs) that I think we could talk about. Um, Well, a myth, I mean, this, I'll just start out really humbly and really honestly, um, anything I'm going to share right here, I've already talked to the pastors in our church about, and I really am grateful to have, um, I'm in a church where I really love the pastors I work with. They're my brothers and we can speak really, really honestly to one another. And I think that has been incredibly developmentally developmental for me. Um, and I'm really thankful for their humility because I would say anything that they have gotten wrong has not been out of ill intent. It's just been out of a lack of mm-hmm. awareness. Um, but I think a really, just one of the hardest things for me as a woman in ministry is that I've felt like men see me as a threat, either as a threat to the purity of their marriage or a threat to their leadership. Like I'm going to want to come and try and take over. And neither of those are true of me. Um, and so even just helping bring down the walls of, can you think of me as a sister and not as someone who is trying to overpower you or trying to, you know, seduce you. That's, that's pretty, yeah. you know, blatant. But, um, so even overcoming men's discomfort with me, that just takes time. I mean, and it takes, um, relational capital, which sometimes is hard to gain in the church with the male leaders that you have. Because as women, a lot of the time we're the only woman in the room or we're not getting to spend time with our pastors one on one. So that, that reduces our opportunities to be developed by them. And it also reduces our opportunities to develop relational capital that can create chances to really um, be developed by them in, in in our leadership. So that's one of the things I would say. I could go back and I could come back and share some more, but I'll let Kyle speak to what she's thinking of as well
2: yeah I think it's a subjective question and that's where it takes really being intentional with the women in your context too I mean there's some broad which I agree with Amy but then also I think there's realities of um like I think growing up I was always told like tough it out and so instead of like when I was hurt or whatnot and so as a woman when I feel emotional I can feel that as a hindrance to how I lead instead of recognizing that that's actually how God has made me as a woman and as a complementarian we need some of that perspective um to um yeah to bring that in if i get emotional to, in a response to something um that's not a bad thing and um and then also i think one of the other things i thought about is i think that challenge women can faces, honestly, sometimes themselves. And I think pastors have an opportunity to really cultivate in women, um, drawing um, opportunity or like the gifts out of women by um, mm-hmm. like, for example, our elder team last year, which I highly recommend, all read the book Developing Female Leaders by Katie Cole. And one of the stats she shared in that book talks about how men will apply for a job where they feel 60 percent qualified for something. But women will only apply for that if they feel a hundred percent qualified. And so mm-hmm. what happens is not only are women missing out on opportunities to grow in their skill set, but I think of thinking about that in the church. Maybe pastors don't even know that women may want to grow and um, develop because they're not speaking up because they're too afraid or insecure, maybe that they don't have something to offer. And so I think even being aware for women. Um, being aware of that yourself, but also for the men in their lives to like help pull that out of women and help them see their gifting.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's so helpful. Amy, did you want to add something else?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of other things I might mention. Um, a lot of times women are not in spaces that are formative. And so I have found that I'll be asked for feedback after some of our pastors have spent hours discussing a subject. And to be able to give feedback, I feel at a disadvantage because I wasn't a part of all of those conversations, and I don't need to be a part of all of those conversations. But sometimes I feel like my um, ability to contribute is limited because I'm brought in so late in the process. And so I think a, a challenge... Could be where can we bring women in, and how early can we bring them in so that their voice is part of the forming process of what we're doing in our church? Um, another challenge that I face is is like I said, a lot of times I'll be the only woman in the room, and that has a minority often feels the pressure to speak for everyone that they represent, right. um, and that can be a challenge for me. My one of the pastors I work with regularly encourages me, "Hey, just feel like you can speak for yourself," and I both feel freed up by his exhortation to do that as well as i still feel all of the women in our church who aren't getting an opportunity to speak at the table i do want to represent them and so i i think it's really important for our pastors to be hearing from more than just the you know the women's minister or the deacon over women's ministry um we need more than just one voice representing us our needs and all of that
0: yeah yeah that's yeah, go ahead, Kyle. No, go ahead.
2: I think even for smaller churches within Acts 29, that's, I mean, Amy just points out, I think sometimes mm-hmm. the women in leadership are pastor's wives, which isn't bad, but the importance and significance of inviting more women beyond that, um, I think is so crucial. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. That's, that's a helpful thing to add for sure. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's talk about Acts 29 and women's the new women's leadership cohort this great yes. new initiative that y'all have started. So kind of what's the purpose? Um, tell us about your first meeting. I think y'all just met in Vegas, right? Yeah. And how did you, how did you use the time together? What did that look like?
2: We, um, so one of the hopes with this idea is very similar to what the, Acts 29 pastors cohorts are rolling out, which the idea being mastermind groups, an opportunity for peers to essentially meet and give each other advice and support and brainstorm and, um, be a creative space to grow together, um, and kind of tackle each other's problems and issues. And, um, and so, yeah, Amy and I were able to connect with Brian Howard, who is kind of the, I believe the brains behind this concept and um, talk to him about how we can do this for women within um, who work on staff at churches, who maybe aren't pastor's wives, which I know we have a wonderful ministry for pastor's wives, but who are in leadership at churches and feel they have kind of a unique need. And so I would say, um, yeah, one of the beautiful parts was um, being able to gather with these women. And um, the group was about 12 of us. We all came from this particular cohort was large church Denomination or sorry, large church um, context where, um, yeah, I would say more of the women were on staff. And um, our hope is that we see more of these roll out. But um, we really created a space where we could kind of problem solve together, ask the questions of what's something going really well in your church so we could learn from one another in that. Um, what's something you need help with, or would like brainstorming um, together on, and um, and then we just had a time to really share our stories and connect relationally um, to be a space, yeah, to safely kind of process what we're what challenges we're facing as women.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's so great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a lot
1: of these when they've been done for pastors have been um specifically created for churches in the same demographic, about the same age, about the same size. And so for us, that was a really fun um opportunity to get to talk with women who had experiences like we have in our churches. And a lot of us talked about being church planted, like churches that have been planted recently, it's really helpful to hear from other women and what they're doing so that we're not just reinventing the wheel in our own church. We can learn from their experiences, from their successes, from their failures. Um, And that gives you a great advantage as as would be true for anyone. So that was a really fun element is just getting to learn from one another in a space where we don't often have that opportunity.
0: Yeah. I guess you could tell us maybe a little bit more about you know, how did this co- first cohort meeting benefit you yeah. as you as you as y'all walked away from it and what benefit do you think it'll have on the local church as well
1: yeah well an interesting reality for me is i'm the oldest person on staff at our church and so i'm always the oldest person in the room, and particularly with women, um, I'm leading all the time, and I'm the person in the room that people are looking to. And I have great women around me who challenge me and encourage me, but I haven't had as much opportunity to be developed by other women. And I think in a lot of ways, I am where I am because of the development of men and of our pastors, but I really value um, and long for more opportunities to be developed by women who are high-level um intelligent, you know, achieving women and not just in the secular ways, but in the spiritual ways as well. And so this was a place where I was like, wow, she knows a lot. I, I might even feel intimidated by that, but if I'm not in spaces with people who know more than I know or who have gifts that I don't have, I'm not going to be developed as much. And so I think it's really crucial for us to be in spaces with other women. And like I said, in churches, we often don't have a group of peers that we're working with. We're usually the only one. And so that for me was really, really exciting and such a gift.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I echo everything you said, and I think I would even just add that, um, I think working on staff at a church is such a unique, um, complex reality. Sometimes we, um, you know, we're trusted with information that we have to, um, keep to ourselves or like only process Mm -hmm. within our staff team. And, um, sometimes, especially as women on staff, like Amy said, we're maybe one of the few or only women on staff. And so, um, I think to be in a space where we can, um, share, um, similar struggles, similar joys, and also kind of just understand one another's, um, unique perspectives. Um, I think it's a space where we can kind of let down a little bit of our burdens that we feel we have to kind of carry between, okay, I've been trusted with information with, from our elders, but I maybe can't process that yet with our church demographic or, uh, our church, um, population. And so I think, um, that was really sweet. And then I also think for me, I mean, like I said, I'm coming off maternity leave, sleep deprived, and um, just to have a space where um, women can also there's several other moms in the um, cohort, which it was sweet to have a space to kind of wrestle what does work and family life balance look like, and how do we do that well when we love our jobs? Like, I mean, we love I love what I do, and mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to overwork, and um, and so even have a space where I can kind of check my priorities and have someone who maybe wrestles with the same tensions and be able to speak into that well.
0: Yeah. I love this. I think there's such a need for, for this, for for women in our churches. I mean, we're doing it for the guys and the guys need it. And you guys are so right that to serve the the women in X29 churches that are in leadership that aren't married to pastors. uh, I'm so glad that this has started and Mm -hmm. to serve you guys because it'd be easy for you to be overlooked and, and forgotten. And that's happened a lot throughout church history. And I'm grateful that X29 doesn't want to repeat those mistakes and to serve y'all well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're grateful to him.
0: Well, I wonder if you could tell us about some of the, you know, some of your hopes for this initial women's leadership cohort.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things that we're really hoping and excited about is what you said, the potential for this. I know Acts 29 desires to um, equip women well and, That's um, We're excited to see that kind of continue to roll out. Like we said, this was kind of an initial pilot program, and um, our hope is that we continue to grow it. Um, At this time, it's just 12 women, um, but we hope in the coming years that this is a space where we can multiply this group and create space for um, women all over the country to grow in this. And you know what's interesting, too? We also found um, a lot of the larger churches and even some of the smaller ones this role isn't it's not as common to have women on staff and so women are functionally volunteering for a 20 to 30 hour a week role um, mm-hmm. sometimes and so that is a a lot of weight to carry as a lay person yeah. and so we our desire and hope is to um, provide support for those kind of women as well and um, mm-hmm. and so we hope that as it grows, we create space for that. And, um, yeah, and just continue to see, um, this model multiply. And while that may take a little time, um, yeah, we really hope that, um, if people are interested, um, that maybe they'd reach out to their regional director and, um, communicate, um, Hey, I, I have someone in my church who's interested. Um, as that becomes an opportunity, we put them on the list. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely, this is a really fun initiative to begin to be on the in the beginning stages of. Because women in ministry at churches, um, there can be a lot of similarity, but there can also be a lot. Of, we found a lot of difference in what we do and how we go about it, even if we have the same job title, and that can be true for men as well. Um, but we recognize that there is a big space where women could be served by this, and so it feels really exciting to be in the beginning stages of developing it. And I think we're even gathering information on what would meet the needs of the women of women most. So um, definitely, like Kyle said, hearing from women who might have an interest in them in this would be really helpful for us as we continue to build it.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'd like to add a, add a question that before we get to our final, you know, speed round, final three, mm-hmm. final three questions. If there were any books that you are resources or talks or trainings, or just anything like that, that you have found so helpful that you just find yourself sharing with others who email you or, or maybe things, resources you shared at the cohort meeting, uh, anything you'd like to share and recommend to, to the women or, or men that, that are listening to this episode.
2: Yeah, I think, one. I I mean, I already shared Katie Cole's book um, that I think was really helpful. Um, It really, I think, like I said, um, when I read through that book, the amount of times I underlined, and I felt like it put words to my experience often. And so um, it was Mm -hmm. just really helpful to have my pastors read that alongside me. And then we can dialogue in a similar way where they're understanding kind of where I'm coming from. And then, Amy, I know one of the the articles Mm -hmm. that was, Passed around within our group, that was really helpful and um, for the um, for most of us was just a short article and just a concept of um, vote, voice, and um, oh gosh, I'm View. View, thank you. Mm-hmm. And so, just the idea that um, we might have different oh. roles within, res- like we want to give. Okay, so vote is obviously the highest um, power or like the highest. Level of um, exposure, and that's maybe something where elders have more responsibility. But are we giving space, as we Amy said, to allow women to have voice in um, situations? One thing I've heard said is, um, are we giving, letting women have weight in the conversation, or are we just letting them weigh in? Um, and then another, yeah, and then another thing, and then the next step is view. So are we giving that exposure, kind of like I said, that side to side opportunity? Um, and I just thought that language was really helpful, the voice view in having these conversations. But Amy, I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. There is um, – I was trying to think exactly where I found it. It's on YouTube. But Jen Wilkins spoke at one point to church planners at an Acts 29 conference. Yeah. And she just talked about the value of having women um as part of, I mean, the cultural mandate, the Great Commission, they require the participation of women. And so I really found her talk very helpful as I was, that was right as I was starting my role here. And it was really, it gave words for things that I had intuited, but hadn't quite been able to name yet. So that's really been helpful for me. There's also a, Article um, by Andrew Wilson called the "It's just called beautiful difference, the complementarity of male and female," and I think, you know, the reality is that there are a lot of people who have in our churches who really haven't spent a lot of time thinking through what complementarity really means. However, we're in a society now where gender and the concepts of gender, the concepts of roles are really charged. And so we are really having to ask the questions, what do we believe? And do we even know what we believe? And I've found that women are taking the time to know what they believe, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the men are taking that time as well. And so men and women together really need to take the time to study what the word says what does God's word tell me about what, flourishing looks like for men and women together. What are examples in scripture? How does this play out in our local church and taking, I mean, it can be intimidating if you're across the table from a woman who has really taken the time to study this and you haven't. Right. Mm. But then that can create a really awkward dynamic where the pastor feels uncomfortable having really important conversations. So if there's a challenge that would have for a pastor listening, it's really like think through and establish what you believe how you operate what your biases are um maybe some of your limitations and where you need women and how women have helped shape who you are those are really important questions that can take time to answer but doing that work will benefit your whole church because i yeah. think a really hard a hard and humbling reality as a leader is recognizing that um the context in which you lead it reflects your weaknesses We cannot prevent that. And so we have to be aware of our blind. Well, we need to grow an awareness of what our weaknesses are and what our blind spots are. And so as pastors who are leading a church, when they have a blind spot in the area of complementarity and the value of women in the church, it's going to show up in their church. And so they need the help of women. They need the help of other men to understand what their blind spots are and how we can start moving toward um, working together, collaborating together, and complementing each other as God intended.
0: Yeah. Amen. So helpful. So so brothers and sisters that are listening, you can find links to these things in the show notes. So the links to the book that Kyle recommended, uh, Jen Wilkins' talk, and also the article from Andrew Wilson that, that Amy's recommended. Just all you got to do is just scroll down there to the bottom of your podcast app, and you'll see links to go find these as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, final three questions that I'd love for, for each of you to answer. Yeah. Number one, a great book you've read recently that you'd want to recommend.
1: Okay. I just finished the heavenly man. This is not a new book, but it's by brother Yun. He's a Chinese Christian. And, um, the story it's just, I mean, it is blowing my mind the way that God has worked in this man's life, the persecution that he endured, the faithfulness that he demonstrated. It has really enlivened my heart for what God can do and what he does in the lives of believers, particularly as our culture is becoming less hospitable to Christians. And I'm asking what boldness is going to look like for me. And I'm asking what it will be like to stand up as a leader in our church without um, compromising. Reading his story has been really really challenging and really empowering. So I would highly recommend it.
2: I would say, um, I'm like I said, I've been on maternity leave. So one of the best books I've been reading is called wild things, the art of nurturing boys. Um, I would just give a plug for their podcast to, the, um, raising boys and girls podcast. So, so good. We'll have
0: yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> now what's your go to order in a coffee shop? <laughs>
2: Mine's a vanilla uh, latte. Yeah, go for it, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm just simple, sweet and simple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I love coffee. I love coffee a lot. And so I make my own coffee at home every morning. So when I go to a coffee shop, I like to order something I won't make at home or can't. So yeah, my favorite is this there's a shop here called Oddly Correct, and they have a bourbon vanilla latte, and I order it half sweet. That's my very favorite. It's a treat.
0: Oh man. You know, I, I had someone else on the podcast that mentioned that exact same drink. I don't remember really? who it was. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think so, man. It's a good one. I, I, I remember something like, maybe it was, maybe it was Kirsten black. Maybe Kirsten referenced that drink. I, I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> there was some kind of bourbon. I remember bourbon coffee drink. I'm thinking, of course, of course, that sounds amazing. It's really good. Okay. Your favorite verse in, in the, in our sacred scriptures and why
1: this one. Okay. Favorites are hard for me. This is like asking me my favorite dessert. Sometimes I want creme brulee. Sometimes I want just a basic <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. But right now what I would say, the verse that's really on my heart is, um, John three thirty. He must increase. I must decrease. And I have just really been asking. I've been thinking a lot. I got to teach on fruitfulness over the weekend and I've been, what, what does fruitfulness in the life of a believer look like? And I've been thinking a lot about just unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So I'm asking, just hearing this little whisper from the Lord, Hey, I want you to pray this. I want you to pray, um, and pray into and meditate on what it looks like to decrease and ask him to increase. So that's where I'm spending yeah. time right now.
0: That's good. Kyle, how about you?
2: It's just been what we've been praying. We've been in a uniquely um, challenging season between, um, like my husband transitioning jobs to companies went under during COVID that he worked for, um, oil and gas. And then then we've had a lot of health realities, and we've moved five times in the last two years, which is crazy. Oh, my goodness. So we've just been praying Psalm 61 a lot. The verses 1 and 2 are, Hear my cry, O Lord, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And so just a lot of like, I don't have a lot to give right now, but God, you've got to take me to the place you want, um, where you want me to go. And so a lot of dependency in this season. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Amy and Kyle, for coming on the X-Y-N podcast and telling us about the women's cohort. Absolutely. Uh, So listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Acts 29 Podcast. I hope it encourages you and hope it encourages uh, the women in our churches. So thank you, brothers and sisters, for all that you do and how you serve. And I'm so excited to see how God will continue to foster uh, great, empowered women leaders in, in our churches. And so I'd also invite you to leave a review there in your podcast app. And remember, brothers and sisters, let's keep planting healthy churches to the ends of the earth.